Welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 8th of January 2022. And the title of this episode is D&D will get a new boss, 500 million for trading cards. As if productions are in the spotlight this month, as voted for by patrons. And thank you to the patrons for voting. I have reached out to Asif via email, which I found on their YouTube channel. No response yet, so I'll try social media on Sunday. On Geek Native's Instagram, you can find a reel of the live dice-off, which settled the tiebreaker. The company that used to own Battletech and Shadowrun, but couldn't make either commercially successful, has been bought for $500 million. That company is Tops, who once owned WizKids and they're the Shadowrun bosses. Tops instead makes most of its money from trading cards, although I think they sell sweeties to Americans as well. Who are the buyers? The company is called Fanatics, another American brand, and probably best known for clothes. However, their trading card business is worth $10 billion. It just doesn't have shop fronts, so it isn't front of mind. But $10 billion is a staggering figure, that is three times the amount Asmodee was bought for. Fanatics has secured some exclusive deals for sports cards in the States, so I think buying tops is all about buying up the marketplace. Companies like Hasbro will take notice. Hasbro has a new boss. Brian Goldner, the old boss, sadly passed away last year after doing so well as the CEO. The new boss is Chris Cox. I saw some so-called D&D experts snigger at the name on Twitter as if they read it for the first time. However, Chris has been the D&D boss for years and he runs Wizards of the Coast. That's how important Wizards is to Hasbro and how well they've done. They've made the Wizards of the Coast boss the new big boss. They've also confirmed that this means Wizards of the Coast will get a new boss. So that means D&D 5.5 is coming up and there will be a new captain on the ship. It's hard to predict what this might mean. The new person might want to make their mark with more significant changes. They might play it safe with smaller ones or they might be hands-off entirely. Well, that's the headlines covered off in record time. What else happened this week? Plenty. Firstly, the Geek Native Discord is still in soft launch. That means I chat on it, but I have not been organising events. You're free to join. I have been tweaking the structure and have added a channel for sharing cool stuff that you might have found online, such as tech, world-building inspiration, and writing tips, that sort of thing. One idea is to use this podcast to highlight discoveries from it. For now, I've kicked off with a nice visual summary of CES, and you will find a link to that in the transcript via the show notes, or yes, in the Discord. And there are lots to find, as Wizards of the Coast's new boss will soon find out. We have no shortage of games. The 2021 write-up of what's hot in indie TTRPGs calculates that there were eight new and complete role-playing games released every day last year. Eight a day. Wow. I thought my Kickstarter problem was terrible, but I've barely scratched the surface. And with so many RPGs coming out, do any of them stand out? 
Is there any of them worth saving your money for? The Enworld community have been voting on it and have come up with their top 10. And that's right, here comes the list, and it's the RPGs gamers are most looking forward to in 2022. Growling into place in position 10 in the top 10 is Werewolf the Apocalypse 5th edition. That's 5th edition of the World of Darkness, not 5e. I have a moon before and will again at how unhelpful Watsy's use of 5e as a name tag is. In position 9, it's the fantasy Swords of the Serpentine from Pelgrane Press, and that will use Gumshoe. Then, in position 8, is Cyborg, the Morkborg sci-fi from Stockholm Cartel. In position 7, there's Shadow of the Weird Wizard, and that's a less adult version of Shadow of the Demon Lord from Schwalb Entertainment. In position 6, there's Chaosium's basic role-playing powered Rivers of London, an urban supernatural thriller. It's based on the hugely popular fiction uh, by the same name. And then in position 5, there's Mothership, a sci-fi horror from Tuesday Night Games, which recently kick-started its, technically its first edition in book form. In position 4, there's the Kickstarter mega smash hit from Magpie Games and the Powered by the Apocalypse Avatar Legends. In position 3, Chaosium has another hit with the 6th edition of Pendragon RPG. Perhaps a surprise in position 2? It's the World Anvil publishing RPG called Broken Tales, which uses the Monard Echo system. Less surprising, in position 1, there's a game from Free League Publishing, and it's the Blade Runner game. I've backed Broken Tales, but I will stick with my current Pendragon sets. I am tempted by Werewolf and Rivers of London. Additionally, I will add the Cowboy Bebop RPG to my list. Although I concede we'll probably get a Kickstarter for this this year, it might be a 2023 delivery. A game that's probably coming, but is so far away it doesn't have a date yet, not even one to guess at, is the skirmish game Those Darker Places. It's based on the RPG Those Dark Places by Jonathan Hicks, and he designed the skirmish game too. Those Dark Places is a heavy story game about the dangers and bleakness of space travel. Spacecraft are confining, hard to repair, and scary places, but much better than the call to space. I think it's surprising to get a skirmish game, but perhaps the contrast works well. I can see campaigns cleverly hopping from one style of play to the other. A game that's just around the corner, and actually already out in Germany because of the publisher, is Dungeons, Dice and Danger. It's a roll and write game, which means you roll to see what happens and then write it down. It sounds obvious, but the mechanic often means you can play the game yourself. And the publisher is Ravensburger, and that's news, because here we have a big board game publisher edging closer to the role-playing space. However, it is also true to say that roll and write games started off safely as tabletop games and got themselves closer to the RPG space. It's also news because the designer is none other than Richard Garfield, and he invented Keyforge and Vampire the Eternal Struggle, and oh yeah, Magic the Gathering. A game you don't need to wait for at all, because it's already out, is Nova, and that's a sci-fi RPG and action game that uses the Lumen system. It's by Spencer Campbell, who wrote the Lumen system. I really like it. The rules are super light, and 
light like narrative story games. However, Nova leans heavily into the Destiny computer game and is all about action. Your character is hard as nails and impossible to kill and will kick butt. It's an innovative mix and it works. I said so in the review published earlier this week on the blog. All of which brings me to the places you can go in the meat space or cyberspace to sample these games and find people who will play them with you. I also updated the Geek Native convention calendar this week. I added more than 40 events then and the total is now nearer to 50. We have events like MarsCon 2022, Contingency and Fan Expo Portland coming up in the next two weeks. And if you play remotely and have been using the Astral Tabletop to do so, then there's some good news. The drive-thru RPG partnered Virtual Tabletop ceased development last year, but it did not cease operation. Now, in a New Year's message, it has been revealed that the membership levels are stable, and the hope is the platform will continue. Competition, which is fierce in the Virtual Tabletop space, is excellent for customers, but it challenges the operators. It's not easy making money from them. And even if they're so sticky and people are generally unwilling to leave after establishing themselves in one. Gallant Knight Games has tested a new way to make money through pre-order, a crowdfunding hybrid, and it's called Gallant Funding. Now, they succeeded on test one with War of the Meiji. The Dark Streets and Darkest Secrets urban fantasy sourcebook quickly made its goals. The target wasn't money, not directly, but pre-order backers. And that's a story in its own right. But another angle is that Gallant Knight and the other RPG indies it works with to bring their games to market. Imagine if companies like Gallant Knight or Modifius offered their own crowdfunding options. Imagine if One Bookshelf and Drive-Thru RPG did it. That's looking more possible. And wouldn't it change the hobby forever? Customers but also creators, would have a very different landscape. I'm sure it would have some ups and downs, but hopefully more pros than cons. What do you think? Of course, another way to use crowdfunding is to rally funds for a legal assault. And that's what the latest group of people calling themselves TSR are doing. As discussed before, their first attempt ran into a you-did-it-wrong problem, but they have now refiled their case against Wizards of the Coasts. Sadly, they did it wrong again, and I think it's fair to speculate whether these errors have now burnt through all the money their 100 or so backers gave them. If they've corrected their latest mistakes, then the claims against Wizards of the Coasts are the same as before, and that's that the name TSR has been tarnished by the legacy disclaimers on actual TSR products. According to some legal commentators, a hurdle that new TSR will have to cross is that they will have to argue they had no idea TSR was a games company when they bought the name. The American system does not let you purchase the old rights just to pick a fight with the legacy. And that might be why new TSR admit they don't think they can win. It's not clear why they're taking money from supporters anyway, if this is the case, but they are. Now, we know they don't think they win because an actual employee of the old TSR, the cartographer Darlene, 
has spoken up about it. Darlene has revealed that she's been, you know, pressured into supporting the new TSR, even though she doesn't want to, and she doesn't like what they're doing. And without Darlene's backing, the new TSR think they are doomed. As a side note, Darlene created the Game Wizards head logo, and the new TSR are using this without permission, she says. Okay, okay, let us move on to some more upbeat news. We have that. Sean K. Reynolds, an actual D&D designer, has released the Five Moons RPG for free, and all the supplements for it are free too. It's based on Pathfinder and D&D 3, but made quicker, easier, and more straightforward. It did well during Kickstarter, but it had a laboured launch, and I think that stole some of its thunder. Drive-Thru RPG publishers have access to new and expert advice from this week. Post-Human Studios' Adam Jury has been hired by the platform to create as a creator rep there. I asked what this means for Posthuman, and apparently there are no expected changes. I guess that makes him a, a frenemy with the publishers competing with games like Eclipse Phase, and I am sure it's a good talent appointment. We're still in bundle and sale season, so let's mention a few before we wrap up. Do you like The Expanse? You know, the hard science sci-fi smash it? The official RPG from Green Modern Publishing is in the bundle of holding this week and next. Indie publisher Sigil Stone has two OSR games there as well. Five Torches Deep and Vagabonds. Both are DT RPG bestsellers. And there are comic books of note at Humble. One is the Abraham's Comic Arts Bundle, which has the award-winning stories like, you know, Parable of the Sower, as well as non-fictions like the graphics into the history of Magic the Gathering. Another is from Ed Brubacher, the co-creator of The Winter Soldier. Ed has some of his indie titles on offer. One of my favourite sales of the year is Live 2. Drive-Thru RPG are doing New Year, New Game, and with bundles, considerable savings. But if you want to stick with the D, uh, with D&D, then the DMs Guild are doing New Year, New Campaign. There's no such sale for Pathfinder, but the Storyteller's Vault does have an up to 35% off with New Year, New Story. And lastly, there's a new competition on Geek Native, and it's for UK listeners. If you're any good at hidden object games, then I have two hardback copies of Bloopers of the Borg to give away. Yep, the Star Trek baddies. And on that note, let's wrap there, beam up, and I will see you next week.